boundaries around uh, not just your work schedule, but your life, right? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Quotes, Light, and Motivation Podcast with William H. Please rate and review the show. It helps us grow. You can email the show at quoteslightmotivation at gmail.com. Again, that's quoteslightmotivation at gmail.com. I was, uh, I was reading a book this past week, and, and the author was talking about how uh, he has to be very careful about the different types of environments he places himself in and how certain things can trigger him. And then he said something that uh, really caught my attention that I had never heard put quite this way. He said, uh, self-care is a courageous act. Self-care is a courageous act. I never heard it put quite that way. And so uh, when I heard that, I immediately put, you know, it immediately uh, wrote it down because I never heard it put that quite that way. But then it also made me want to look into it a little bit more. What do we mean by saying self-care is a courageous act? Um, And so that's what I want to talk about a little bit about why um, why some people may consider self-care as a courageous act. And the first thing that I came across when I when I started uh, looking this up was um, around the importance of prioritizing your personal well-being. Right. Um, Because we live in a world where it's all about being productive and being available and being busy. And it's often glorified, you know. Um, And so taking time to say no or to not uh, say yes to everything requires courage uh, because, you know, of what what you may encounter when you say no or when you say I can't do that Um, because prioritizing your own health and happiness over other people's expectations or other people's pressure, uh, that's courageous, you know, to to be the one that stands out in the crowd that says no when everyone else is saying yes and everyone else is available twenty four seven to take calls and take meetings and to say no nah, I'm not available twenty four seven no I can't no I can't get up at five o'clock in the morning and start working I can't have a five o'clock in the morning and I can't have a five a.m. Uh, work meeting no I'm not I'm not available for that um, to put boundaries around. Uh, not just your work schedule, but your life, right? That's courageous. Uh, because, you know, with a lot of people working from home, it's like, it's hard to separate work life from work, work life from home life, from everything else, from social life and everything else. Because, uh, you know, it's like you can pull up your laptop and you can be working any time of the day. So it takes some, some courage to prioritize your personal well being. And just like I mentioned with that, Setting boundaries takes courage. Setting boundaries takes courage. Um, You know, saying no to activities that don't 
align with your well-being. Uh, just like I was talking about the book that I read, if you know something's going to trigger you or something's not good for you right now, or, you know, it's an environment that you don't need to be involved in for whatever reason, uh, to say no and to not, uh, do it, do it anyway, do it when you know you shouldn't be um, involved in it or do it just to people please or whatever. Um, you know, it takes courage to say no when it's, it may be unpopular again, it may be, um, frowned upon. You know, especially if it may disappoint or upset others, that's when it's hardest to say no. But, you know, you got to prioritize. Um, we got to prioritize our personal well-being and um, make sure that we set our boundaries. And then a, a portion of self-care um, that I found related to it being a courageous act was around dealing with your internal struggles. Um, so sometimes self-care is about uh, confronting or uh, addressing your internal struggles, you know, whether it's mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, whatever it may be. Um, it takes courage to acknowledge these struggles and to take steps to address them. You know, it's all it's a courageous act to face things that um, that you struggle with that no one may know about, right? <laughs> um, it's, it's an act of courage to do that because no one is, uh, like I said, it's not always visible to, to the public. And so no one is uh, aware of it. No one, there's no, um, there's no priority to address it, right? No one's pushing you to address it. So it takes an act of courage to say to yourself, I'm going to, take some steps and deal with some of these challenges I'm facing or some of these issues that um, I'm facing internally, some of these struggles I'm having internally. Um, overcoming the public's judgment. That's what I like to call this one. Overcoming um, uh, judgment of people, right, of the public. Um, because sometimes there's uh, some cultures and some people may uh, look down upon those who prioritize their self-care right um because they may not be they, they just might not be familiar with it a lot of people just you know are used to just dealing with whatever gets thrown at them and not saying no and you know um conforming to whatever needs to be done and just doing it and all those type of things they're not really they never really took time to uh consider their self-care that's why you ever hear about um parents and things like that who um, you'll hear stories of some of them sometimes getting so caught up in raising their kids that uh, the relationship between the parents starts to dwindle or is not quite the same. And what happens is in some of those situations that once the kids leave the house, um, in some situations, the parents wind up getting divorced because it's like their whole life has been built around these kids which is not necessarily a bad thing, but at the same time, you have to take time to prioritize your self-care, prioritize your relationship with your spouse, and take time to uh, to get to know, um, you know, your spouse that you're in a relationship with outside of just raising the kids and dealing with whatever issue rise for the day or whatever needs to be handled, you know? And it's easy to get caught up in these things. It's easy to get caught up in, 
the pressing issue of the day every day because <laughs> every day there's going to be there seems to be pressing issues right every day there's something that seems to need to be handled right now but if you don't take a step back every once in a while and look around and see how am i feeling about this how am i dealing with uh all these things that are going on what's my mental state like do i need to take a step back do i need a spa day <laughs> do i need to uh just spend a day and, and do nothing and you know, do some of my favorite activities, whatever, whatever it may be, and just spend time with myself. Uh, but if you don't take time to uh, to uh, analyze how you're feeling or how you're dealing with life's pressures, uh, the pressure is going to catch up to you eventually in one way or another. Um, and so you got to uh, take time to do that. And then the last one I have um, as to why self-care is a courageous act is because it's courageous to take responsibility for your own happiness, to not blame things, right? The things that happen or if this wasn't this way or if life, life is unfair and all these other things. Um, you know, self-care, self-care can involve recognizing that your happiness and well-being are your own responsibility. And this is courageous. This requires courage uh, because it means you're taking ownership of your life and making choices that support your happiness and your health and your well-being even when it's difficult or inconvenient. So taking responsibility for your own happiness is a form of self-care and it's a courageous act. And so again, um, self-care is a courageous act because it involves prioritizing your well-being, setting boundaries, facing internal struggles or issues, overcoming judgment, public judgment, and lastly, taking responsibility for your own happiness. All right, let's get into the Positive Black Story of the Week. Just over a year after acquiring a hotel in Memphis, Tennessee, making them the only black hotel owners in Memphis, power couple Norland and Dr. Amina James are set to do it again. This time, the serial entrepreneurs and founders of Duke Ventures are leveling up to a stunning 120-room hotel set on the picturesque backdrop of the Louisiana Bayou, and they're bringing a whole community with them. With their acquisition in Memphis, the James couple created 30 black first-time hotel investors. The impact of this monumental occasion was felt as the investors traveled to Memphis to tour the hotel and connect with local lenders. When reflecting on the statistic that less than 2% of hotels in the U.S. are black-owned, Dr. Amina James added, This dream is bigger than us. It's about increasing the number of black hotel owners and investors through education and opportunity. With the success of their first hotel investment, the James couple couldn't help but feel there was more to be done. 
This turned into the goal of welcoming three new black hotel owners and another vast community of investors at the same time. Even more, the partners have hired a black-owned hotel management company to oversee the operations of the hotel. Reflecting on this decision, Norlin James stated, Building black generational wealth includes circulating the dollar within the community, and Synergy Hospitality Group is the perfect company to help us achieve that. Knowing that raising the capital needed for the upscale hotel project would be a major undertaking, the group has partnered with well-known hotel consultant Devon Reeves to raise money on her crowdfunding platform, Vester. You can learn how you can get involved by visiting vester.com slash funder slash deal slash Lake Charles. And there's a link to it in the show notes. So what I liked about this uh, story is that uh, you have two owners who purchased a hotel uh, last year um, and had the vision to uh, purchase an additional hotel, but wanted to spread the information and give others the opportunity to invest um, as well into the hotel, um, into the second, into the new purchase of their hotel this year. And um, anytime you get people sharing knowledge, um, broadening their horizons, learning new things around investing, around growing, around uh, wealth, um, you know, I'm happy to hear and I'm always going to highlight it. So we salute power couple Norlin and Dr. Amina James, the founders of Duke Ventures. All right, let's get into something motivational, inspirational I saw this week. Well, this past week was, uh, well, this past week was a Super Bowl. Right, the Super Bowl just passed, and it's like the biggest sporting event of the year, of course, right? Um, and it's not just because of the game; it's like all the other things that are built around the game, um, like the halftime show and even the commercials. Right? It's really one of the few events each year where people look forward to seeing commercials and you know, kind of don't want to miss any of the commercials because you never know, um, you know, these companies pay a lot of money to um, have their com- have their commercials appear for, you know, 30 seconds, a minute, whatever it may be. They pay a lot of money. And so people are curious to see, you know, what, how they're going to get creative and, you know, what type of uh, way they're going to market their products, right? Uh, but there was this one commercial, my favorite commercial of the Super Bowl, was a commercial for organization called He Gets Us. Um, And I don't know a lot about He Gets Us. I don't know about the organization or exactly what they stand for. But if you remember, it's the commercial where uh, you have people washing each other's feet. Like you have a police officer washing the feet of a black man. You have uh, a mother and daughter looks like washing, you know, a daughter washing a mother's uh, feet and so forth. And... Then at the end, it says, Jesus didn't teach hate. And then it goes, he gets us dot org or whatever the website is. Uh, and the reason that I loved it is because it took me back to uh, the Bible. Right. And in, in, in the New Testament, there's uh, a moment where uh, Jesus is washing his disciples feet, um, you know, and his disciples are telling kind of telling pushing back some of them were pushing back and saying you know we're not worthy we should be washing your feet so yeah it was basically a a play on you know 
in John chapter 13, the book of John chapter 13, you know, Jesus begins uh, washing his disciples feet and he comes to Peter and Peter is basically trying to stop him from washing his feet. And Peter is saying, uh, Peter basically was pushing back like, you know, what I mean, you can't be washing my feet. <laughs> and you got to understand um, during those times, you know, there weren't these are people who have been, you know, we, they didn't have shoes like we have shoes. They had sandals and, you know, they're walking all day outside in dirt, in mud, you know. Um, so their feet are unclean and get that picture in your mind. And so it's kind of a lowly task, right, for someone who they considered um, God in living form to be washing their feet. And and I think the purpose of that whole thing and the purpose in the commercial was that no one is greater than anyone. We're all human. We all have our own different perspectives, our own different beliefs. Um and we're all just people, right? And it's basically like you're serving someone when you wash someone's feet, right? It's like a servant relationship. And so to have a police officer washing the feet of a black man and a priest washing the feet of a black person as well and, you know, a daughter washing her mother's feet um, while there's alcohol bottles spread all about, you know, all these different type of images showing that, um that these people are not, and I think another one was a girl at a, uh, like a, a family services clinic, you know, getting her feet washed by one of the protesters. Um, I'm assuming one of the people who were like are against uh, these type of clinics, these type of clinics that, uh, you know, may perform abortions and so forth and birth control and all those type of things. I think the point was that sometimes we get so caught up in our perspectives and our point of view that we're not open to seeing the human in the other person who's on the opposite side of what we're saying. Right. Sometimes we get so caught up in wanting to be right that, um, you know, we don't consider that other people's perspectives may have some valid points to it and some things that we need to think through. Uh, so yeah, man, I love that commercial. I love, uh, stuff that'll make you, uh, rethink some things and make you go back and read scripture and try to understand what they were getting at. Right. And why would they insert that, um, into the most watched telecast of the year, right. Into the Super Bowl. Why would they put that there? Um, so yeah, I loved it. I love the, uh, the, uh, the thought behind it. Um, so yeah, man, that's the episode. Um, make sure, if you're not already, that you're taking some time to consider some activities that you can do for your own self-care. What are some things that uh, you can be better about in relation to uh, better managing and better handling your self-care? <laughs>